Today's podcast is supported by Open Campus, the new school's progressive approach to continuing education. Explore online and on-campus programs designed to satisfy every type of learner, even a real dum-dum like my friend Glenn, with courses in art and design with Parsons, management, media, writing, and more. Open Campus is more than a course. It's a new kind of network. Fall courses begin August 28th. Enroll today at opencampus.newschool.edu. And hey, if you see Glenn, don't say hello. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, this is a really cool opportunity that I want to let you know about. Every great show begins with a pitch. The PlayStation Emerging Filmmakers program is a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to bring your original show idea to life. Submit your idea between now and August 1st. The top five submissions chosen by PlayStation executives and industry professionals will each see their pilot produced plus $5,000 and a producer credit in the pilot. Uh, Visit PlayStationFilmmakers.com for more information. Again, this is a really cool opportunity. You just pitch your idea. All the instructions are on PlayStationFilmmakers.com. And uh, you could get a pilot made by PlayStation. Check it out. Welcome to the Writers' Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to other writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 500 writers on the show, so please check the archives to find more writers and more TV shows of interest to you. I'm a writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, and other programs. I have a couple of cool projects out this first quarter of 2017 that I hope you'll check out. One is a supernatural Western comic book series from Boom Publishing that I wrote with my writing partner, Ben Acker, and our friend, the TV showrunner, Andrew Miller. It's beautifully illustrated by Hannah Christensen, and the first issue is available in comic stores and online February 8th. In March comes the first book in a series of young adult novels that Acker and I wrote called Star Wars Join the Resistance. It takes place just before The Force Awakens and is about a bunch of kids who join the fight against the First Order. But mostly they have adventures, fall in love with each other, and get in trouble. I hope you'll check out both of those projects. We're very proud of how they came out. Let me know who you'd like to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color, only more so, liking the Writers Panel on Facebook, and visiting writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Reading those reviews really provides a pick-me-up. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight. Whenever the time is right, it's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Uh, Thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. We have a lot to talk about, um, but what I'm going to do is ask you, starting here with Jennifer, to introduce yourself on the microphone. Okay. Tell us some things that people uh, might know you from, where they might have seen your name on their TV screens. Okay. Uh, My name is Jennifer Miro. I am... A TV writer. Um, right now, I am doing Star Wars: Forces of Destiny for Lucasfilm, which is premiering very soon. And how are those um, coming out? How are those being released? Um, uh, they're going to be individually released daily, um, and then interstitials on like StarWars.com on, on or Disney elsewhere? YouTube. Oh, okay, and then it's going to be interstitials oh, um, nice. through sure. um, through the day in July 9th. and then in October, there's going to be a half hour two part special. Cool. Um, yeah. And, and do you want to tell people, I'm sure they've seen it already by the time they hear this, but just right. tell people the premise of these shorts. So basically it's about, um, it, they're, they're short stories um, about the uh, heroines of Star Wars, um, 
you know, Ray, Jin, Leia, throughout time, Ahsoka, you know, everybody from original trilogy all the way to Force Awakens, and uh, just the small everyday heroic moments of these characters. So that's basically what that's about. And um, cool. yeah, and so I've also done Justice League action. For Warner Brothers, um, Marvel Spider-Man's coming up. Um, I've done Stretch Armstrong for Netflix, which also should be coming up. Buddy Thunderstruck just mm-hmm. premiered a couple of months ago with Stupid Buddy Studios. And, uh, yeah, that's probably that's probably plenty for now. That's great. Yes. Thanks. Samantha. Uh, my name is Samantha McIntyre, and I mostly write uh, TV, half-hour TV, sometimes do feature stuff. Uh, I just... Uh, wrapped last week uh, season two of People of Earth which is a comedy on TBS and before that uh, I was on Married I wrote for Married on FX and and then I've done some other shows that probably not many people have heard of um, Roommates on right. ABC Family and you just had your first feature film shot this year yes right yes it is your first this is not one I don't know about. no no it's the first one I've gotten produced yeah called yes. Unicorn Store it's called Unicorn Store yes directed by Brie Larson and starring Brie Larson and Hopefully, coming to a festival near you Is that the plan? later this year. Yeah, that's our plan. We don't. It's an indie movie, low budget, so we don't have distribution yet. And hopefully, somebody buys our movie later <laughs> this year. Hey, if you're out there, <laughs> buy this movie. Yeah, you guys buy it. It's good. It's about I have unicorns. No um, we'll talk about it in a second. Cherry. Hi, I'm Cherry Chiva Pravat Damrong. Um, I write for Family Guy and. Orville, or The Orville, as it's now called, but we were calling it Orville for most of the year. Um, and Oh, and I also write um, young adult novels, uh, one's called Duplicate and one's called She's So Money, and I also write short stories in various places, so I won't list those. <laughs> <laughs> sure, people can know. look it up. Yeah, you know, Google you, yeah. look it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how long have you been on Family Guy? Um, okay, so like when I like moved over to Orville and now I'm kind of like back and forth yeah. between the shows. I had been there like 11 more than 11 years, which wow. is I, it's crazy. It's, cra- it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like um did you start on it as a child? <laughs> yes, yes, as a small as a small wee baby. I made but yeah, no. But it was my first writing job. Like yeah. I was literally a writer's assistant before I went to Family Guy and I mm-hmm. went to Family Guy and I just sort of like, you know. Were you a writer's assistant on Family Guy? Tell no, us about your different. tell us about your journey. Oh, the journey. No, I was a writer's assistant on a different show called Listen Up, which is on CBS. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so then I got Hired a family guy, and then she, like a lot of people there, camped out. <laughs> sure, <laughs> as one does when yeah, one is lucky enough to be in a show that like you know stays on TV. So. And it feels like a lot of these animated shows that is the case. Like they sort of have their rhythm, and once you're in the camp, if if you fit in and you're getting along, you kind of stick around. We had uh, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux from um, Bob's Burgers, obviously, yeah. and they have just been on that show forever. Totally. And love it. Yeah, it's great. Like, I remember a long time ago meeting a Simpsons writer, and he had been on, like, I, I can't, it was just like a random conversation, but he was just like, oh, yeah, I've been there for 10 years, and I was like, what? But now, it, <laughs> whatever it is now, it must be like almost 20. I don't even know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, where were you? Let's, let's. and I want to ask this to all of you guys, um, Let's go back to the beginnings of your careers and sort of how you got a foothold in this business and how long did it take to actually get that foothold? I mean, it sounds like you got this um, writer's assistant job. Yeah, that was Was my that right f- out of school? No, that was my fifth assistant job. Really? Yeah, you know, you just assistant your way. I, was, yeah. I worked at um, CAA when I first got here, and then I worked for two TV producers, 
non-writing TV producers, and then a director, and then a and then I was a writer's assistant. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and were you were you writing on your own all this time, all along that time? Yeah, I was like doing this spec script thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, original specs. Um, you know. Back then, because it's like times have changed. Um, they the thing that you did was like you mostly wrote specs of like existing TV shows, yeah. and um, so like because now I feel like it's all like spec pilots. But like back then, it was just like spec TV shows. So yeah, yeah it was so what yeah. Did you my write? samples were that. Um, I had a Scrubs. Great. I had a that '70s show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Those were great like, on freaking, Yeah. Um, the <laughs> the the very very first spec I ever wrote I wrote when I was still in school and it was an Angel, which you know was terrific, like an awesome show. Have you ever so, yeah. thought about taking one of your specs, changing the title, <laughs> changing all of the characters' names, and selling it as an original pilot? Uh, no, but yes, now. now. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, that's this is my dream. This really? is my dream for me People or. Could, Someone else to do it. I feel like you could do it. You could probably do that. Did you write? I know. Yeah. What specs did you write? Um, I wrote an office spec and got into the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop like ten years ago. And that's what I mean. Started the whole thing. Yeah, and and I mean, I will say, as much as things have changed and people are writing original pilots now as samples. Those specs are still best for those fellowships and those writers' programs right. and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I'm curious to hear about that Warner's writers' program. I think it's very different now from mm-hmm. when I did it, as I like different people are running it. But um, I mean, for me, it would like change my entire life. Like I, because I moved here to be an actor, and moved to LA hoping to be an actor, and I went to grad school for acting, and like that was my whole life. And I was so sick of working in an office and not making a living as an actor. And my boyfriend at the time, now husband, is a television writer, and I was, like, reading his scripts and just sort of becoming aware of that as a job idea. Like, oh, is that something I could do? (laughs) (laughs) So while at this office job, loved the office, wrote a spec of the office. I worked in an office. I mean, I I know offices. (laughs) Exactly. And, um... Got into the Warner Brothers program. Was this the first script you had written? Uh, TV script, yes. Right. You'd yes. done theater stuff? Yes. Okay. Yes, that was my first TV spec, and I got into the Warner Brothers thing. No one was more surprised <laughs> than me. And, uh, and also, my husband and his writing partner got into the exact same class oh, really? as I did, and the program did not even realize at first that we were married, awesome. which was kind of funny. So um, we were like two of the ten groups and that's that, really in there. Funny. But coming out of that, I got staffed on a show and mm-hmm. got an agent and like that started the whole thing and that was like 10 years ago and it just was crazy. Like it just I had like never been on the set of a television sure. show before and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a staff writer on a show." And did did the program take kind of take you through that? Like what was what were they doing for you? Um <laughs> I don't know. They had we'd have different speakers uh I think we sort of talked about how, like, I think we had to pitch, like, our story ideas to someone, mm-hmm. and then they sort of helped us pick the best one. So you left you left the program with a new spec, mm-hmm. which I think was, I uh, did My Name is Earl. Mm-hmm. And so, and then when the program was over, however many weeks it was, we met just, like, once a week. It was, like, a class at Warner Brothers. They would submit your scripts on your behalf to Warner Brothers right. showrunners who could right. hire, I believe is still the case, can hire you. Um, and then they, the studio will 
pay mm-hmm. pays your salary. So the okay. show is getting you're a writer free. You're getting yeah, yeah free. Um, so they you know they feel free to try out somebody new mm-hmm. without pressure. Um, and so I got on a show called Twenty Good Years. Remember that? Vaguely. <laughs> I think it was canceled after it was on for three times. Starring uh, John Lithgow and Jeffrey Tambor. Sorry. Delightful show. Uh, we premiered the same night as 30 Rock. And we were quickly canceled. But we had like an overseas deal, so we stayed in production for the whole hmm. season. Um, so no one in America <laughs> saw my first episode of television, but... But it did get seen, and but it did get Iceland, played. But in Iceland, maybe, right. they saw it. Um, I'm curious to hear from both of you guys, and then we will uh, get to you, Jennifer. I apologize. Oh, um, but but please, if you have questions, sure. please ask. Uh, I'm curious to hear from both of you guys. Did being an assistant and did the Warner's Writers Program prepare you for being in a room? Uh, yeah, I, well, being a writer's assistant does because like you're in, you're sitting in the room with people right. all the time. So yes. but you know, there's also a different expectation of you. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, but at least you know because I feel like the you know I feel like you know stories I've heard of people who've had like trouble when they show up or like people who just have no idea. And yeah. the thing is, every writer's room also operates differently. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could be on one show and then come to another show and then be like doing it, like doing it kind of <laughs> wrong anyway. But I mean, at the very least, if you've been in there with a group of people, like you know, like all pitching and talking, you mm-hmm. can you at least at the very least you have the vibe of mm-hmm. what it is very generally. So yeah, yeah totally helpful. I would say I had no clue. <laughs> oh, was it was it weird? No, I had it never like, seen a writer's room sure. before. Or and they didn't treat the program one. like it was a writer's room. No. Right? I no. think they kind of do that Maybe now. Maybe they do that now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were coming in totally blind, and yes. you're like, oh, a group of people is going to write a thing? Yes. <laughs> yes. And How it was very, it was, uh, it was, well, one thing was, like, especially for a comedy room, it, it was you know it's a big it was a big room I feel like my hmm. memory was like it was twelve fish people maybe mm-hmm. and um, our awesome um, showrunner was Marsh McCall and he was he I feel like he pulled me aside at the beginning I think there were three staff writers and said to me in like day one feel free to say as much or say as little as you want at first because he knew. I was like coming in off the streets, <laughs> you know. So it was like a lot of like listening, and I'm sure I was very quiet at first. But I felt um, it was a very uh, warm room, and I felt like very free mm-hmm. when I did feel ready to pitch stuff. I felt like it was a very welcoming environment. And so it was like the perfect first job, perfect first showrunner, like the whole. And I I've told this story before, but my face hurt. From smiling, like the muscles on the side of my face. I feel like at the end of the first week, I came home and I said to my husband, I was like, my face hurts. Because I've never had a job where like the whole day, I'm like laughing and smiling so much. That's so awesome. Like just having the best time. Yeah. No, I really, I mean, it was kind of a dream come true because like there was a lot of heartbreak with not making as an actor and thinking that was my big dream in life. Hmm. So to find out that there was something else that was like just as fun was like the greatest thing ever. That's really Like I was like, this job is the best job in the world. Oh, (laughs) guys. Don't get in it. We that was then. Don't take our jobs. <laughs> yes. Don't encourage people. God. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you more about that, but let's uh, talk to Jennifer for a moment. Sure. Um, what is your breaking in story? What is uh, writing in animation? Well, you know, I went to USC. Um, I kind of 
had a hard time breaking in. I didn't know a lot of people. I was from New York, moved here. Um, I kind of, you know, you think with all the USC mafia stuff, mm. that would have helped. No. My first break, um, the my breakthrough job was on the Nick Cannon show. I was a PA. Mm-hmm. And um, look, you're in the business, though. Yeah, and then one of the one of the producers was from Long Island, where I'm from originally. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I like your style, kid. I'll give you a chance." And I was like, "Okay, well, that was a waste of thirty thousand dollars a year." <laughs> um, and that show got canceled very quickly. And I I did meet some friends at that building, at the Nick on Sunset building, and the Nick Burbank office needed help in development. So I kind of went, okay, thank God, I can just kind of jump over to that. And then I started in development. I, in college, I was already kind of writing Bibles, like animation mm-hmm. Bibles and sort of stuff. I've always loved animation. And, so what was this development job? Um, it was for it was a, for an independent executive uh, producer okay. at Nickelodeon. And um, it was, she was a former Zim um, uh, producer on Vader Zim. And... And then I kind of stayed at Nick, and I kind of left that job, continued to do kind of development on my own, and, mm-hmm. and had every job in, under the sun at Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, while I was there, I was still writing all over town. So most people around town knew me as a writer, and most people at yeah. Nickelodeon didn't, which, which is odd. That's, that can be tough. Like yes. Once you're sort of in that kid space, and you're doing animation, yes. and if it's not the sort of animation that you want to be doing, what were you writing yeah. on your own? I mean, it, it, that's the thing. Back then, there wasn't tons of females in animation writing. Um, yeah. It's gotten a lot better, but we kind of always got subjugated to the preschool realm because it was kind of more okay back then. Hmm. So I did write a lot of preschool originally, like starting Wonder in Pets? 05. I didn't do Wonder Pets. That would have been awesome. No. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I would sing the theme song right now, but I'm not going to. And it, I think, We can't clear I, that. I feel like, was that Nickelodeon? I feel like I that think it might have been Nickelodeon. I think it was. Nobody knows. No. There's no way to but find out. There's, well, internet's no, there's involved. no way to find okay, out. Okay, we'll just skip that then. Um, but, uh, and then I, then more recently, I kind of, about a few, maybe three years ago, maybe is it three years ago now? I kind of was, you know, I had sold a show in 2011 to um, to Nickelodeon mm-hmm. while I was doing other stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is silly. I, I, if I can sell shows to them, I might as well start doing yeah. this just full time. So I kind of left was, Nick. What was this show? Uh, and and how did it take, you know? Well, well <clears throat> I mean, we started in development. A lot of people got fired. So it kind of was like, okay, it's got to go and turn around, you know, the whole turnaround thing. And now it kind of died a little bit. Um, they still owned it. I was about to actually buy it back recently. And they were looking for it. It was a female-driven adventure, like fantasy adventure series comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and female stuff started coming up again. Frozen started getting popular. Everything was like, oh, women's or kid, you know, female-driven animation can make money. Oh, really? Thanks. Yeah, that's that took forever. Yeah. So I was just too early at the time, mm-hmm. and then so other people were interested in the project, and I was like, before I buy this back, are you sure you don't want to see this again because it was a new regime? Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, oh, crap, yeah, we should probably. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you found out you had something you owned already that you could have done. And so then it went back in development again. So I resold the same show um, back in 15. Um, and now it's going to go back and turn around again um, just because they're looking for acquisitions rather than in-house mm-hmm. development. But other people are interested in it again, which is great. So it's, it was kind of this weird process being there and not writing there, but writing everywhere else. It was a very yeah. unusual situation, but um, I got to leave the preschool realm mm-hmm. in the late 2000s and going into the, you know, into more recently 
you know, I knew people at Warner Brothers. I got, you know, I got hooked up with Jim Krieg and Alan Burnett, um, who Alan Burnett did Batman the Animated Series, which is um, yeah. phenomenal. And, and everything since. And everything like, since. He sort of oversees all the Warner Brothers. Yeah. I mean, it was a dream come true. He just retired, and I'm yeah. really, really bummed about that. But um, I started kind of doing that, and then I got into Wacky Races, and then... And then, I, you know, it just kind of went from there, and I just got more action and more action and more action comedy. And and, mm-hmm. and it, it just took a while to break out of the preschool into the... Sure. Which I like better. And yeah, so was the action comedy stuff what you would be doing left to your own devices? Yes, I mean, definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving now more towards live action hour-long, mm-hmm. but I still love that action comedy. There's not tons of that around right now, I feel like, especially female-driven. Things like Buffy aren't around anymore. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing ever on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And I want more of those kinds of shows where. Because Joss is like my hero and he he always had that sense of humor along with breaking your heart Mm -hmm. one minute and making you laugh the next. And that's kind of what I I always tried to push for. Are you able to bring that to the animated stuff you've done in the past couple of years? I think so, yes, definitely. Um, Especially things like Spider Man, Stretch Armstrong coming. That's. Absolutely. I mean, Star Wars, you have to really be careful with because it's, you know, such a specific property. But I mean, even those characters have senses of humor, which is great. So I always try to inject that as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about this uh, Star Wars for a second. Sure. Um, How did you get involved? Well, I knew Dave Filoni back in the 2000s. He was on Avatar The Last Airbender and... um, and we stayed friends, and we're all the whole Nickelodeon family kind of always stay friends. And John Carlo Volpe, who was on Clone Wars, and they were, and he was up there doing that, and he was also on Avatar previously. So we kind of all kept in touch. Everyone on Facebook, all we all know what we're kind of doing. And I think we just know more and more that I was kind of getting into that more action space. And um, and and they kind of, you know, they read my stuff. They called me in and was like, "Hey, we have this thing." And you know, I had done a Lego DC Superhero Girl mm-hmm. special. Um, I loved writing for Lego because that's super fun, that version of that. Any any Lego version is pretty fun. Um, and they told me what they kind of wanted to do and what it was about, and I threw up a little and got picked myself <laughs> up and brushed myself off and went, okay, this is amazing. And then, you know, after a couple of months, I signed, and, and it's been my life for a year. Did you, know? you have to pitch ideas did you have to submit scripts how did the initial process i mean it was really we just kind of it was this was a whole new thing from the beginning so the concept was there but we kind of you know me and the lucasfilm story group kind of you know figured Mm -hmm. this out together obviously i couldn't have done this without dave filoni and carrie beck and josh rhymes is another executive there and um but yeah we were kind of pitching concepts and how how do we want to through line throughout the whole thing do we want individual pieces how do we want to do this thing and i had you know originally i pitched story ideas you know pick a time and space in mm-hmm. the star wars world and what kind of story you want to tell for this character so yeah i did and it was terrifying yeah it was pretty <laughs> well, terrifying i mean working with story group yeah uh is fascinating yeah like they have the whole they, universe in their heads they know it and what you're yeah. doing on on in these shorts and and in the the um longer pieces too i imagine is fitting in stories yes to existing Movies and 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 shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so finding yeah. those little corners like that must have been very difficult. It was it was difficult in a way. It's it's how do you tell a really quick two minute moment in these lives and have a beginning, middle, and end yeah. in that and 
and make sure it fits in the world and we're not screwing something up. Although, you know, like I said, this was a story group. They know right. what they're doing. They tell you if you're screwing something Yes, absolutely. And keep continuity and stuff like that. Um, it was kind of difficult. You know, you want to tell these epic moments and then some. how are you going to do that, yeah. you know, that quickly? So it's really about the heart and the through lines of of. of of who they are and how they can bring that to a small moment. Mm-hmm. And that's how we kind of conquered that small thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine they sort of told you where and when you could set a, those two minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of did pitch some stuff and I'm like, mm-hmm. can we do this here? I would love to tell this. And there's a few things that I was like, nah, we, we didn't end up doing it, mm-hmm. which I would have loved to. But so it was it was really collaborative. I'm, I was I'm super grateful because I thought, well, they'd be like the big machine will right. tell you you can't do anything, and it was like really fun and loose. And yeah. you're sitting there in, in the office and you're looking at George Lucas and Mark Hamill in Tunisia and like in in the first movie and, and like at USC. That's why I went to USC because people mm-hmm. like Spielberg and and Lucas. And it's just like. Crazy! It's everything you think it would be. Yeah. yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah, really exciting. Uh, and it's fun to have a hand in that yeah. universe. Yeah, and that's forever. And if I do nothing well, else, I can it's forever just... till they reboot it. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Good point. Which is in two years. I don't yeah. know if you heard. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna. I'm, not, I'm just gonna rock to this. That. I'm gonna rock this town for two years, and then after that, going to Hawaii. Um, I want to talk, uh, Samantha, about coming out here to pursue acting mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, and then finding this other thing. Mm-hmm. And what does writing give you that sort of presses the same button that acting did? Or is it a, a different sensation altogether, but that is satisfying in its own way? Um, I find it to be equally as creatively satisfying, but it is something that I don't have to rely on anyone else mm-hmm. to do. Like, uh if I have an idea for a script, I feel like I can just sit on my couch and write it. <laughs> and if you're like, oh, I have this great idea for a short film. or I mean, obviously, you can make those things yourself, and people definitely should. Um, but you need a lot of help, and you need a lot of other people involved. And So it just felt like when I was trying to act, it felt like the only acting I was ever doing were auditions for things I didn't even really want. Mm -hmm. And it just like, oh, all you... And that's the job, right? Like, that's the job of an actor coming out here is auditioning for a million things. And like, three years of grad school were like the best three years of my life because that's all you're doing is like acting and shows. And of course, that's all so fun and rehearsal. (laughs) It's all you're doing all the time. Um, But it wasn't so easy to make a living at that. And so... Um, I feel like being an actor has made me a better writer because I'm always thinking about how these lines are going to sound coming out of someone's mouth. And I don't know. It just, I think it's been an asset. And, um, I always originally thought, oh, this will be my ticket to get back into acting Uh because I will like write something amazing for myself. And I haven't yet, mostly because I just have actually been working like sure. as a writer. <laughs> That's a, it's a tough problem. Yeah, it's a tough problem. But I still like, you know, in the back of my brain, dream of doing that someday. Do it. Okay. Are you? Do you, when you write something original, and we did one of your scripts for Dead Pilot Society, yes. uh, the sort of spinoff of this podcast, uh, where we have uh, readings, live readings of... Pilots that were bought and developed but never shot, and yes. you wrote one called Roller World, uh, which was so great. Thank so you. when you write an original script like that, which people should go listen to, we've released it already, um, are you writing for yourself? 
As an actor? Um, not, I would say, like, there usually there is a character mm-hmm. that sort of has my point of view that if I were 25 years old, I would be, like, sure. the person. <laughs> but I'm not 25 anymore, but I feel like I, I always, there's always, like, a character in a lot of my original scripts that I think someone, people who know me would be like, oh, yeah, that's you. <laughs> I think so. Uh, Cherry. Hi. (laughs) Uh, You touched on this notion of um, when you get into a writer's room, sort of understanding the rhythms of the room. Tell me about coming to Family Guy, especially in that first year. I know it has now been over a decade ago. I know. Uh, (laughs) But, like, how is that room run? We haven't had a lot of Family Guy writers on this program. Oh, really? Oh, um, how does it run? I guess it's, uh, I don't know, it's run normal. Oh, I know. I, you know, the thing that we do that probably will, because we just have, like, your room, when you started, you said was pretty big, and it was 12 people, and we have, like, 20-something yeah. people. Like, when I started, it was 17, um, and now I want to say it's over 20 now, so, like, it's like you, we just get in and then just instantly break up into three rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, it's just like, you know, the morning, okay, you go here with these people, you go here with these people. So and we're are, almost never all together in the same place. Yeah. Are those rooms accomplishing different things, or are they all sort of in the same? Are they break all breaking a story, or is one punching up? Is one? Yeah, sometimes they're all breaking a story. Um, but so I would say it's more often it's like, here's get like, we'll just have, you know, had a table read or watched an animatic or something, and we know that there's, like, a, a joke area that we need to replace. Mm-hmm. So more often I think it's like okay go come up with a bunch of alts for this and then we come back in the room at the end of the day and like pitch them and pick one mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's but but yeah there, there are the, the chill days where everyone is just like talk. I'm like as if story breaking is chill but sometimes it's chill you know what I mean sure. like it's less it's less like we need to accomplish this task right now right um, so yeah so there are um, days when that happens and what again think back Eleven Think, years. Oh my! I well, uh, <laughs> P.S. By the way, the fact that you like spent your first week smiling just makes me so happy because I feel like a lot of baby writers, even anyone going to a new job, spends the first week in like a ball of anxiety yeah. and like goes home and like cries and like curls in the feet. You know, because it's like super stressful. Well, that was. I mean, like I it's also fun, but it's right. like, su- oh yeah, I was crazy stressed out. I mean, like <laughs> I didn't. I'm trying to think back. No, I was like, I was a baby writer. I was like, I mean, so I was kind of terrified, but I totally did the move of. Be quiet, you know what I mean? Like, let's err on the side of like being very quiet, right? Um, but the thing that is nice about our room is that literally, like, my first day I spent in the big room, but the second day the short one immediately sent me out into a smaller room, and there were only four writers in it, and so hmm. it was one of those small rooms, and I instantly felt much more, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, there's only four of us, okay, I can actually like right. speak words. You can have a voice in that room today, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like it not be as frightened but it took a long time like really a long time <laughs> like talking to other people too now over the years who've like you know who started then or came in later or whatever it, it it's like i'm laughing about it but it like it's like very stressful and, and the thing is and it's like it's like a two-part thing because ever, like everybody's like super nice and having a great time right. on the one hand but on the other hand it's like a machine that's been running for so long that like it's just very hard to like come in and yeah you know like sort of like like fit yourself into this thing that like completely has its like groove now. So how did you do it? I have no idea. I honestly think that like like the fact that I like barely knew anything like helped me because I could just be more <laughs> cheery. You know what I mean? Because I honestly think people who had been in like a super nice, warm, fuzzy writers' room before and then showed up had 
a, you know what I mean? I had, I had been an assistant, but it was a different thing. Right. So I just sort of showed up and I had, you know, so everything just kind of like went over my head or, you know, like water off a duck's back or I don't know. People are being mean to each other. It's fine. Yeah. But also, like, back then it wasn't, it like, over the years people have, you know what I mean? There's like all this like wealth of material now that's like inside jokes and a shorthand. Mm-hmm. And that had not been as developed. Mm-hmm. Like it had been because some of those like it had been canceled and came back a couple times right. so the people who had been there from the very beginning knew each other so it was very much trying to dive into a room full of you know people many of whom knew each other from before sure um, and was it it was I don't know I mean that that can be so hard to jump into I mean I, I was on a seventh season show I came in on season seven and it felt impenetrable yeah right was right. it were you just like non-stop yeah <laughs> yeah right um, and they do have this secret language of people who have been working together for years was the was it a welcoming room was it, I mean I've heard it's a really tough room it's re- especially back then I yeah, oh, oh no it's tougher now is it really yeah because we have that much more like history <laughs> sure. of like whatever you know what I mean even more of you like have been now, together longer somebody can say like one word in a certain tone of voice and you know they're like making fun of like that guy that's over there in the oh, bar you know what I mean everyone will laugh and like if you knew you had no idea it sounds horrible everyone's so it's like it sounds it's horrible like both it's like everyone's nice and great and my friend and it's also a very tough room to come into. Back yeah. then, I think it was easier. Well, how mm-hmm. many people have been there from the beginning? Oh God, so a I don't lot? know. I like off the top of my head, I want to say, well, from the very beginning, like, yeah. like, hmm, okay, all right. One of our EPs was the writer's assistant back in 1998. That <laughs> wow. I know. Wow, um, that's amazing. Yeah, and no, there's there's a couple. I want to. That's mm, 20 years on a show. That's definitely <laughs> that's amazing. Like, like. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's several. Like, people are maybe yeah. even the beginning. Like, seasons one, two, and three were kind of like when they were being canceled and coming back, and there are definitely people there who were there. That's wild. And that do you time. guys do the sort of Simpsons model of having these consulting uh, writer-producers who come in and out or do a couple days a week Yeah, on the show? totally. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense if you have 25 writers. That's part a few of why of I think our... Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, coming into... Orville, so this is the new show. New show! Um, live action. Live action! Space! Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Oh, yay! Thanks! Yeah, um, it yeah. looks so it's, good. It's very exciting. Um, did a lot of writers from Family Guy get ported over to that? Um, That's sci-fi talk. Ported. ported. Three, <laughs> oh. three. Well, Seth, I guess, counts as one, so then there mm-hmm. are three... Three of us, and then it was a new room Ported beyond over. that. Yes, and the, yeah, and but the new room was only seven people, and it was like oh, essentially wow. a drama room. So it was like a whole new thing. Wait, what? Why? Why? What? Why is it essentially a drama room? Well, because it was like a one hour, and there were seven of us, and it was like we were yeah. breaking story most of the time, and then oh, for okay. like punch up worked totally differently, and it was just a whole. It was a fun new experience. Yeah. So tell yeah. us about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> dig in. I don't know. I, I I had heard tell of like awesome drama room hours, but they were like <laughs> like way better <laughs> than like the average comedy room hours. Mm-hmm. Now we're in production, so those are like worse. Right. But at the time, well, what, what kind of hours did you put in on Family Guy? Back in the day, like sometimes it would be. You know what I mean? Like this is it. And now it's we've had the experience, and we're right. we're not. It's not there. But I mean, like the night before a table read, we could be there until like you know one or two in the morning. Oh, good lord! Yeah, you know. But that's, I feel like that's, I've heard so much worse from like, sure. other shows. But you, so. uh, Samantha, you've been on a couple of comedies now, like sort mm-hmm. of half-hour yeah, like, standard comedies. You got you didn't put it in those kind of hours, right? Not usually. Yeah. I feel like the average, you know, an, an average, I'm getting home like 
seven or eight. Right. It was an occasional late night. But for me, like, I don't know if I've ever stayed past 10 on mm-hmm. a show. Why do, you th- why do you think that is? I mean, what do you... Well, what do you attribute to the showrunners, I guess? I think it depends. It's just so hard to say because so many shows are on a different kind of schedule. Like, I've been on a show where our entire writer's room was pre-production. Like we, the whole Hmm. five months or six months was just writing the scripts and that production hadn't even begun yet. Um, People of Earth that I just did was a very tight schedule. Mm -hmm. Like they're shooting episodes in Toronto at the same time that we're like writing new episodes and our showrunners and post on episodes that are coming in and all of it's happening at the same time. And it's been like, pretty crazed but we only did 10 episodes so i feel like that's why that particular show even though we were doing all these things at the same time we weren't staying like crazy late you know some 10 o'clock nights but yeah i think just because we were doing 10 that does um, make a big difference i mean you guys are doing what 24 22 oh on uh, family guy 20 only 20 yeah oh then easy we're done oh my god (laughs) whatever yeah i mean that's a lot of tv to have to Yeah. The latest nights I've ever had were on multicam shows when, mm-hmm. like, the show is going to tape tomorrow in front of a live studio audience, and we're going to, like, throw out, like, right. the script or an act or... Is this after work, the know. table read? Yeah. Well, usually, you know, the, well, in the two that I did, like, the table read would have been at the beginning of the week, mm-hmm. and then there's ha- you're having run-throughs every day up until Friday. Um but a lot of the time, there were like two or three times where the show maybe fell apart on like a Wednesday or Thursday. How does that happen? I've never worked on a multicam. You know what like, I think? I mean, I've only done it twice, but I feel like a lot of times, in my opinion, the best jokes ended up were at, were at the table read, were in the original script. And the fact that everyone and the executives and all the writers were all watching the run-throughs every day... By Thursday, you feel like those jokes aren't so fresh, yeah. and people are like panicking, and they want to like rework them. Right. And they forget someone's going to be hearing this for the yeah. first time, and it's still a joke that works. Yeah. I mean, have you have you found that that happens in animation too? Because yeah. we do the table read, then we do the animatic when it comes back, just sort of like rough animation. Then we watch the color, and it's totally the thing where it's just like. It's the same, like, people at work watching it. It's like, we've all heard this, right. you know what I mean? So if it dies at color, we have to remember, no, it was really funny at table. Right. right. There's no surprise the second time right. you hear it's a not, joke. You know it what I mean? Mean it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean, so some, t- you know, we'll decide right. sometimes that's, you know, an excuse, or yeah. sometimes we really should fix it. What are, uh, on, the, on the shows you've worked on, what are, what are those sticking points? What are the things you have to go over and go over? Does it happen at the... Story level? Does it happen at the animation level? The directing? What? It, what is? You it? mean once it's produced, or that's what I'm asking. Yeah. At, at what point is there is the biggest challenge? I mean, I mean, first draft, a second draft, I guess mm-hmm. would be yeah. Um, cutting for time, we got to be careful to not write too long. Sure. You know, some shows forget. You know, if it's an eleven minute, you don't write nineteen pages. It's you're, it, unless they're. It's just not going to end well. So you got to be careful of things like that. Um, sometimes it's too short, but you know, I rather I rather overwrite and cut. But mm-hmm. but sometimes they're like, yeah, hand in nineteen pages, and they're like, now. You, but then sometimes the, it won't work right because you're really cutting some structure in there. So I, I'd say first to second draft is kind of a big part. And you know, I do a lot of freelance, so it's kind mm-hmm. of. 
you know, it's kind of a little different than doing the writer's room. I've done, you know, power hours here and there, and those are fantastic. And it's so much easier to not write in a vacuum yeah. and be with people, Absolutely. which I love so much better. But um, We should could, say, I mean, animation and even just sort of in the kids' live action as well mm-hmm. is where freelance still exists in a big way. And it's Huge. a great way for people to get into the business. That's true. It's actually really tough to staff. Yeah. It's super tough to staff. Um, they It's usually like a producer, um, the showrunner. And maybe two. Yeah. If you're lucky to get staff, maybe three. I mean, it depends on the show, but in general, it's a lot of freelance. So there's, so there's not a lot of freelance in live action anymore, is there? So it's, no. it's they really have all a staff. rule where you're supposed to do it, but then shows will just take the penalty sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes you'll, they'll bring in a you know bring in a freelance, but I mean, it often goes to the writer's assistant or something. yeah, yeah, which is uh, awesome. Counts. Yeah, 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 which is a great way yeah, yeah. right. And I have freelanced an episode of a show that I was on staff of. But what? Because like, my, con- my contract <laughs> oh. ended. Oh. And the show was still in production and they needed a couple. And so then I was that like works. hired, like freelance. Oh, ridiculous. Um, anyway, no, it was around great. It. it was it's like, great no, for but you. that's fun. Especially, <laughs> yeah. Money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's better for everyone, clearly. Like yeah. they're getting someone who knows the show to do it. Right. But come on. Interesting. <laughs> That's so funny. I never thought that I was. I thought about how I was stealing exactly the stealing chance the of somebody trying to make it. I'm Think sorry. about a young Samantha who would have um, loved that opportunity. Well, you know, we were on a deadline. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I want to hear about. Um, notes that you received. I'm specifically curious about Star Wars yeah. because I love we, so my writing partner and I wrote these Star Wars novels. Yeah. I love getting notes from Story Group because they are so insanely specific and we got a note recently for our next book that was the Millennium Falcon is a very fast ship. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. okay. As opposed <laughs> I guess to I didn't realize. Did you write it and they were doing slow things? We were suggesting that someone oh. could have beat the Millennium Falcon oh, to okay. the Death Star. Listen, and they were, like, they were like, no, they no like, one would ever beat the Millennium Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. All hysterical. right. Yeah. So I, I would love to hear about notes that you got from Story Group or, or you know, just notes that you've gotten in general and how yeah. you contend with them. I mean, I think there, was, there were a few different groups, I think. Um, for this, there was the Lucasfilm Story Group. There was the animation company Ghostbot, mm-hmm. and they had notes. And then there was, you know, you have, you know, you have to think about toys too. And so there's notes there. So it's coming from three different places. Um, so you just, and this has happened on other stuff for me before. You have got to weed through the three, um, sometimes three parties. That yeah. happened to me on Lego DC Superhero Girls mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it's not unusual. I mean, oftentimes no. on, on a live action, on a primetime thing, we're dealing with studio and network. Right. And production company. And yeah. Any number of entities. Yeah. Um, so when you're weeding through those yeah. those sets of notes, what are you looking for and how are you figuring out what to actually implement? I mean, I think it's it's... Obviously, Lucasfilm always comes first for me. I mean, and they're going to, and once I implement things, they're going to be like, okay, but we still need to add this, or no, this works now. So I think it's prioritizing. It's, um, you know, uh, some of the notes are are often like, we need to do this for production, so I can weed through those. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's not really for me, so I don't have to worry about that. But they'll get to me, so you kind of even though it doesn't have to do with me. So you kind of have to weed through those as well. Um, their, Their notes... You know, I got to work with Dave Filoni a lot, so I mean, uh, he's like the the George Junior in, in for me, and so he's so clear and so concise, and they know exactly what they're doing. 
There wasn't anything like the Millennium Falcon. Like that, that, I don't think I got a lot of well, those. You were also That's so funny. With Story Group on a lot of these. Stories. Yeah, I mean, so I, in, in, the, in the Burbank office. So mm. um, you know, there's a couple of them down here. So yeah. I just I'm so close and I could just go there, which yeah. is great. So I was in the room a lot. We were in the room together a lot. And so, you know, and I'll also remember what we were talking about. And then when I get the notes, I'll go, yeah, you know, so it was not so insanely terrifying. Like, where the hell did this thing come from? So it was, it was, it was a good process. That's yeah, good. I got well, lucky. It like you trusted the source of the notes also. Yes, and absolutely. As difference. opposed to being like, God, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was never the case. Yeah, so. I'm curious to hear from you guys what the experience has been on... Uh, any shows that you've worked on, notes wise, yeah. Uh, I'm, oh, God, I don't know the standard thing. Like you already just mentioned, like you know, production company, studio, network. Yeah. I mean, it's the same old, you know. But are the you know notes are the notes uh, you're getting on Family Guy now different from the notes you were getting ten years ago? Yeah, yeah. I mean, now it's like more. I mean, I don't, it's like a lot fewer. You know, like story. You know what I mean? You know how like when you first like a like on a new show, it's like you have to run, here's this next episode right. story, whatever, and now it's just like here's what it is. And they're like, okay, and then that's pretty much it. But you see, you know, um uh standards and stuff is oh, still sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's still a thing. How does the room and how does Seth deal with those notes? Standards? Yeah. Um uh I don't yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes we do the thing where it's like you just put like a lot of stuff in there so then they can take stuff out and then sure. you still have stuff. It's a good trick. Yeah, you know, so that, I don't yeah. know. I feel like just wear them down. Wear them down. Yeah, it's just like, oh, look. Oh, yeah, it's like the whole negotiating. Look, we bar- we're, we're meeting in the middle. No, right. we only wanted that thing. But also, I think in animation, it's different because you can get away with, you know, yeah. this is like, maybe it's awful or maybe it's fine because it's animation, like much worse violence or things like that because it's a cartoon. Right. We're not being serious, but like, We've managed to, like, squeak some things by, maybe because it's a cartoon, like, you know, squeak some things by. Are there conversations among the writers about where that line is or and what you can or want to get away with? Oh, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, rarely, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like usually we just kind of go for it and see what happens. I mean, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Let them worry. Someone will tell us not to, but like, we'll, right. we'll, I feel like there are more times that we're like, wait, can we say this word? Let's try it. And mm-hmm. then see whether someone told, tells us not to. But are there, are there questions among the staff about whether you should say this word oh. <laughs> or do this storyline or whatever it is? I, I mean, uh, I don't know about, I mean, probably like just the normal ones, but I don't know that and there's ever been, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, the, some words you pretty obviously cannot say sure. on network television. Um, uh, and, you know, some we just can't remember, like, what we've done in the past. We Okay, we once had to do, like, we couldn't remember. P.S., you can say the word penis on TV, but you, some, you can't say it too much. And we had to do this thing where we, like, search back, like, every single script because we wanted to see when's the last time we said it. And we had to go a really long way back to find one before we hadn't used it. So it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's sure. just, are we doing it too much? All right, we got to see. But yeah. That's so funny. That. Um, I'm curious to hear about people of Earth. Um, yes. When Bridget was here mm-hmm. recently, she mentioned that one of the mandates, or an, at least a suggestion, was to make the show funnier this year. 20% funnier. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Wait, who gave A percentage what, a funnier. Like, 
<laughs> what? Oh is God. that a note? I hope I'm not getting yeah. fired. They she already said it. No, but we're I, just I, repeating. I like Bridget said it first, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Bridget, Bridget said it first. Uh, See I, the episode two months uh, ago. The, the, the room talk is that T- TBS asked us to make. They were happy with the show season yeah. one. Which, they, by the way, and we they should wanted say, like, it to be twenty percent. They wanted. They were like, and I think they meant it as a compliment. Like, we love the show. Mm-hmm. If you guys wanted to make it twenty percent funnier, that would be great. But of course, that immediately became a joke <laughs> right. among us. Like every day, yeah, all day, like, about what? whether something was like twenty percent funny or whether it was like too funny. And you know, uh, the thing with the swear words is like we were. Uh, we can use the F word on our show. They bleep it out. Yeah. But obviously you can tell, I think, that that's what the actor's saying. Um, so I think we were relying on it too much. And then near the end <laughs> of this season, we got a note that was like, you guys need to, like, pull back. That's funny. Uh, so then we were like, okay, did we use it once this episode? <laughs> Can we use SH word instead? <laughs> like we were. You can use it on the podcast. Yeah. You know, that's okay. Well, you know, I don't know. My child might that's be fair. listening. Someday. She probably will. <laughs> um, yeah, 20%. That's crazy. Like, and obviously the room recognizes that's a crazy note. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, like the. It's coming from a good place. I genuinely think that because I know TBS liked the show. Yeah. You know, I think it's because it's not. Um, it's not a super joke-heavy show. Yeah. <clears throat> like, the tone of it, you know, is, um, like, there's a lot of real moments, and even though there's aliens and there's wacky stuff happening, there's a lot of, like, real heart and real emotion yeah. and real stuff. And so um, I think they liked all of that, but were like, you guys could punch up the jokes if yeah. you wanted. Did you add jokes? Is it jokier than the first season? I think it is. I wasn't on the first season. Right, but you watched um, it. I watched it as a fan. Um, but I think that season two is funnier. Interesting. And I would say more than 20 Oh, wow. yes, above and beyond. Yeah. You guys really I brought think it. it's more than 20%. What percentage here. would you put it at? Hmm. <laughs> I'd say 43.7. Oh. Too, too funny. Eight that is percent. too much. Wow. Funnier. <laughs> um, was there any resistance to that? I mean, I know, like, the tone of the show is the tone of the show. Do you mean resistance among the writers? Among the writers, among the sh- with oh. the showrunner. No. Well, that's good. I don't think so. I mean, if anything, we have to put. Uh, the, I, I stole this term from uh, the writer Donna Carey, who uh, taught it to me on Board to Death, which is occasionally you have to punch it down. Yeah. <laughs> punch it up. Like, if it, you know, if it was taking away from what the scene was really about yeah. or like this important moment between these two people, of course, we're like pitching jokes and cracking ourselves up. And then <clears throat> going through the script the third or the fourth time, it's like, uh, I don't know if it's okay <laughs> for him to make a joke right here. Yeah. And it kind of like kills you to take it out, but we do. And so, I mean, we, we remove stuff yeah. at times. And I think that's, I don't know, that's an important thing to remember that like your script. The stakes may not feel real if it's all right. too light, right? right? If it's too funny, it seems like you've worked on a number of those kinds of shows between Married and yeah, we had some some real serious shit and some Married episodes. Yeah, and, but yeah, it's always like it's hard. You know, People of Earth has been fun departure for me because we we do have scenes with the aliens in the spaceship, mm-hmm. and they're much more broad scenes than the people down on Earth, and like. I there's, love that silly. They're still stuff. so dry, like, though. I know. <laughs> Which is but yeah, that's great. why it's funny, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope that's why it's funny. Absolutely, is that they're like just very casual, like off working in an office yeah. aliens. Um, but I, I definitely gravitate towards like the sillier 
jokes. Mm. And I just pitch them anyway, even if I know they're not <laughs> going to go in. Well, that was, I was going to ask you that. Like, as I said, like you worked on Married and Bored to Death and, and the show. Um, is this the kind of comedy you are drawn to? It seems like the one you keep being put on. Oh, you mean stuff like Married and Bored Yeah, to Death? which is sort of, it is grounded. It's, you know, as it, where it can be silly, but generally it's, the drama hits as hard as the comedy. Right. Um, it's funny. I like, like, one of my all-time favorite television shows of the world is MASH, because mm-hmm. I feel like they do both. And that's, like, my dream type of show, hmm. which I think People of Earth is pretty close to. Like, we have some really, like, sad stuff. Yeah. And we have some, like, really funny stuff this year. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever... If I've truly been on the show that reflects my aesthetic 100%, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, like, who I am as a person. But I've definitely enjoyed writing on different types of things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, it feels like you're not going to be on that show until you make that show. I will say, though, I was, like, dying to do something science fiction mm-hmm. so that when People of Earth came up, I was just oh, like, nice. yes, 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 yes. That's great. Like, I was so excited. Um, I want to ask you guys the same question. You know, you're working on these comedy, this action comedy. Mm-hmm. Is this, given your druthers, the sort of comedy that you would be doing? Yeah, yes. Okay, here, like, because you mentioned Buffy. Yeah. That if that if whatever that was could yeah. be back on TV, <laughs> that mm-hmm. yeah, like no, but I mean, like, I totally. But here's the thing: I've been there for so long. I feel like Family Guy has like. You, you know, shaped my comedy as much. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you kind of, especially when you come into something as a baby writer, you're just like, yeah, it's your training ground, and that's what you are now. Yeah. Um, but you, which uh, is did great. you have a pilot this year, last year? Uh, yeah, but um, yes, sure, both. <laughs> not, not both. No, <laughs> I had two. No, no, not every. Well, this year nothing has happened because it's summer. Right. You know, it's oh here, yeah, um, last year I guess, yeah, sure. And was that? And it was a half hour comedy. Was it yes. more like Buffy? Was it more like Family Guy? Where did it sit in your interests of, oh, of comedy? Um, what it, it, network live action comedy is different. You know, you always want to like coming from animation. You always wish you could get away. You know, okay. You know, no, it's easy. The cable version of that of my pilot would have been the thing. What would that have been? It would have just been more like Silicon Valley as opposed to okay. like you know whatever network yeah networks i don't know <laughs> you know everybody knows like it's a di- it's like Kate, you know what i mean this so I feel is like everybody first wants podcast. to be they don't know <laughs> they don't know oh okay tell them about it yeah, yeah so on cable or especially on like premium cable you can like swear and have like more sex stuff and have people be mean to each other and like right. care less it's like oh they're likable and blah 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 mm-hmm. so you know that as opposed to did you get a lot of make us like these characters on in the pilot that you worked on they they I did get, I don't know, it was make us like, it was like a lot of like, we can't, <laughs> now this is back to Family Guy, the room, they were like, it was just a lot of like, oh, we can't believe they're so mean, like, oh, can you make them all nicer? And I was like, I guess, I mean, but, you know, it's, it, people can fully be this mean, but okay. Right. I mean, uh, sure, but you know what I mean? And I feel like in cable you can get away with people being much meaner. Oh, that's interesting. To each yeah. other. That's funny. Yeah. Um, same question, Jennifer. Um, it feels like with these action comedies, you are yeah. getting to scratch an itch. Yes. Um, 
Are these the kinds of shows that you are drawn to? Is this what you'd be making? I mean, you mentioned Buffy. Earlier. Yeah, I would. I would love to. I mean, I'm. It's it's so weird because I I have like half hour comedy samples and I have hour long and it's they're like you have to pick. I'm like, what well, can't I just do both? And it's mm-hmm. and it's kind you of can a, do both. You can do both. I I, I don't think I you have to pick that. anymore. No, you don't have to pick anymore. Who's tell, ever telling tell you that? To, tell that to agents and managers. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> they totally wanted. It makes it easier for them. For them. Exactly. Yeah. I'll make a call for you. Tell me. But it. It really is true. I mean, I think the industry is changing, and and like I have a black exploitation half hour comedy, which is ridiculous in seventies and silly, and then I have like an hour long sci fi, like Buffy esque, Harry Potter esque. Are those? (gasps) I want to watch it. (laughs) There you go. Give it to you. Are those Um, out there serving you as samples? They are, and they've done really well for me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But like the next thing I know, I have to do like kind of a little more, which I love. I mean, like the A team growing up was my favorite thing. Mm. MacGyver was awesome. Um, Yeah, they were like so. I would love like let's do a female A team, like or let's do you know whatever. I don't want to brag, but I could at one point play the MacGyver theme song on my Casio keyboard. Amazing. See, and in like Casio, it just there's something about that the '80s man. It's you can't just, recreate that. You sound. can't recreate that sound, no matter how hard you try. Um, but I think, and I want to talk about this for a minute before we wrap up. You know, television is changing, right? The those genres are blending. That we have more dramatic half yeah. hours, we have more comedic hours, um, we have these weird animated shows that are in prime time mm-hmm. and live action shows that are not, and I. I you know, I don't know if you guys are on in the market anymore. Clearly, you've been well employed for a while, Cherry. But uh, do we have to put ourselves in a box in a way we once did, or can we write the thing we want to write and hope someone responds to it? I think you can write. You just have to have the sample that backs up the thing that you want to be doing mm-hmm. to help out your agents, because I feel like, especially if they're going to, they're probably used to. They're, my agents probably are used to pitching me in a certain way for mm-hmm. an half-hour show, and they, I don't, they don't submit me for everything. They know like the stuff that's my sensibility, and if I, uh, for example, like uh, feature-wise, I know that I would never be hired to write like the feature film of like Star Trek, right. which is one of my dream jobs. So I am writing a spec feature that is that I feel like would show someone that I could do that because yeah. that doesn't exist and I haven't shown and nothing I've had made shows that I can do that sure so I just feel like as long as you back the thing you want to do as long as you can back it up with a sample that you have like why not yeah no I absolutely agree yeah I also, I wish there was some Star Trek on TV. You could see my have my little necklace on today. I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, like, There's about to be some Star Trek on TV. You know that, yeah. right? Oh, well, no, well I, actually, I was thinking in the animated space, like that has... Like, oh, sure. Not that I want to stay in the animated space, but I'm like, well, why not? It's not there no, yet. Like, that could be great. That there. Yeah, I know. Like, so there's there's it, there's a lot I've conquered in animation, and, I was, and I'm like, you know, there's a lot in live action I'd really like to do next. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you do Star Wars and you do Marvel and you do DC, yeah. and it's like, well, I've done those awesome things. I've gotten to play with the big toys. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, let's play with live action toys. Yeah. But with, maybe with, with a similar sense of humor, mm-hmm. which would be nice, and a similar, you know, action comedy blend. And I'd like to do a lot more female-driven, too, which would be kind of i don't know how many female action shows out there right mm-hmm. now and yeah. i won't see be a third none right um are d- the samples that you have are those backing up that desire i think that's why the, the next thing i write like I, i'm just finishing up star wars now so i'm going to be getting on the market like 
as we speak. Okay. So like that's next, and it's like what? A, and this is the first time I've had a chance to go. Let me breathe. Oh my God, what do I want to write next? Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. And it's like, and I think that's something to decide. And what I have now, to, it definitely has my sensibility. What I have right now, um, you know, I had an old warehouse 13 spec that's useless and complete. Mm-hmm. And I have an old Family Guy spec, ironically, which is funny. And those are kind of, and I, like no one ever looks at those. No. Like that was at the end of when people were still looking at that stuff, and now it's the original stuff. And that stuff has really gotten me good work. Great. But now's the time for the new stuff. But it backs it up. But I think it's time to push it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is good advice for anyone that you guys have given that, like, write the thing you want to write. Yeah. Because uh, that, will, that will sort of set you up to chase those jobs. And if it's different to the thing that you already have, even better. It'll, it'll open things up for you, right? You don't have to be put in that box. Um, let's just wrap up by asking what you guys are watching on television these days. What is getting you excited, inspired? What can you not miss? Uh, what are you talking about with your friends, family, your room? Uh, and Jennifer, let's start with you. Oh, gosh. Well, Game of Thrones is coming back, so yes. th- that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I just finished American Gods, which is awesome. Um, always House of Cards. They, I just finished that. Uh, Glow was amazing, by the way, if you yes. haven't seen Glow. Super Glow. fun. Have you seen Glow? Yet? I have to do that. No, I, okay. a bunch of people told me that's like this. This is a good three day week, four day week. I don't even know. I don't know what. I think yes, we have yeah. a seven day weekend. Is it seven? <laughs> when? Whenever the yes. But now is a chunk of time. I can sit yeah. down it's and just su- do it. Absolutely, and they're half hours, which is fantastic. I also watch a wait, lot. They of, are. They are. Yeah. yeah. I didn't that's another that. thing. Oh, I didn't realize amazing. that. I didn't realize that either. I was like, wait, I can just blow through this. Yeah. Like, I'm done. Super yes. fast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. History Channel is something also yeah. like mm-hmm. it's a good like. Break and you can also get a lot of good ideas from the History Channel. Sure. So lots of documentaries and History Channel. Nice. Too. So that's yeah. great, Samantha. Um, we just started Glow this week. I'm loving it. Um, I'm watching The Bachelorette, and I'm filled with shame. Have you watched <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise? Um, never seen that. Okay. Before. I was going to ask you what your thoughts on the whole controversy was, but never mind. Um, <laughs> And what else? I have been slowly rewatching The West Wing. Mm-hmm. Are you watching with The West Wing Weekly yes. podcast? Me so, too. like, not in the right order. Like, I will, because I will skip ahead. Like, I've listened to more of the podcast than I have revisited episodes. Yeah. But I'll, like, vaguely remember them right. when they're talking about them. And then if they talk about a, like, particular amazing scene, I'll be like, oh, should I jump, <laughs> to, jump to that one? Like, I'm not even playing along correctly, but <laughs> I'm obsessed with that show. Um, and it holds up for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. It's, there's little, like, some of the, which they talk about in the podcast, yeah. some of the sexism. It's I tough. I don't think I registered it at all the first no. time. And now it was the like, 90s. We were used like, to yeah. it. Like, yeah. what? No, so really? It doesn't hold up? Because I remember watching it back. Very condescending towards women. Really? There's a lot of, oh. like, boys club kind yeah. of vibes in a lot of the episodes, like towards CJ. and Yeah. Um, like, that is a, that's a tough part that is made great strong. by her. I mean, it's not like you, you don't, I don't think you come away from the series going, oh, no. this show's misogynist. You know, no. Like, no, no. But there's just like, every now and then there's like a moment or a line where you like cringe and you're like, ooh. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that would probably be written in 2017. Yeah. yeah. Towards women and minorities. Yeah. It's a little condescending. Um, um, my favorite show of all time, as you know, uh, Ben, is Survivor, which is not on right now. Can we... We're gonna, <gasps> listen. My friend Dave was on Survivor. Did you... Oh, this last season? Yeah, he's like... You know Dave. Dave's the best. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, poor Dave. Dave, I know, but, here's, <laughs> but he he did awesome. He did, he did so awesome. He did. He had this he, whole story. He had a whole arc. He freaking came in yeah. for... Come, his life he was changed. amazing. He was the best.
best. But from day one, when he was like, oh, I'm just going to hide in the sand. No, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> he was a mess. Like, some of those, like, That's hilarious. physical bits were just, yeah. Um, I, I went to college I, with Dave. <gasps> you did? What? How have we, oh, we should have just talked about <laughs> Dave. Sidebar. Like, yeah, I know. We're having a Dave sidebar right after this. Well, we're going to Survivor sidebar for one second, because Samantha and I were in a Survivor fantasy league this year Oh, oh yes. Gosh. Man, How did was, you do? Oh, well, let me just say that uh, at one point I thought I was going to win the whole thing because I feel like it was me and maybe maybe Johnny. It was like me and one other person were the only people that had f- all four of our contestants still mm-hmm. in the mix. And then, I don't know, like it just blew up right at the end. As <laughs> My final four were Ty, Aubrey, Michaela. Oh. And Michaela broke my heart. On, and what happened Andrea, to Michaela? Okay, Andrea, the to. beautiful blonde <laughs> yes. girl. Those were my final four. And just like the way the scoring, you know, I like wasn't sure. even. There's things are weighted differently. Yes, and if like your yeah, top yeah. two picks are weighted. Anyway, somehow I made it to the end with these four people and then like did off. Like I lost. Big time. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. But, but it is still such a compelling so show. So good. And people are surprised when I tell, like, yeah, people who don't know the show or they're like, don't even know it's still on. They're like, is, they think they, they, they put it in the same category right. as like the best trashy one. shows. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not trashy. No. It's like really good. Every season is totally different. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. I love it. To people who watch Scandal, I say, watch Survivor, you're going to get oh. the same thing of like these personality Conflicts, the soap opera, the twists and turns, um, but like they're playing for chicken, right? <laughs> great. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we got to talk about that. Uh, Terry, what, what are you watching on TV? Um, okay, let's see. I just finished Better Call Saul. Right, that just wrapped oh, up. Oh, oh that's, that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'm the I'm the wor- I, like Doctor Who is my favorite. I'm too behind right now. I'm the worst person ever. I am too. Two, oh, doc- two doctors or two, two episodes? Two, 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 two doctors. Oh my god! If I was no two episodes, two epi- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I feel very bad. It's yeah. just it's the worst. But it's just it's Don't hard. Feel bad. You're no, fine. here's the thing because I can't even. He watch- doesn't know. I can't even. Watch- yeah, but it's like I can't watch. It's one of those things that's like I can't be eating food when I'm. Watching. I need to <laughs> focus. You know what I mean? I can't sort of have it on. I need to focus. Yeah. And so if I come home, you know what I mean. So if I'm like even tired or sleepy, I can't watch it then because with the focus so yeah. I'm like two behind um, on that and then summer is the best time for dance reality shows so I'm all about nice. so, you think oh, you can, so you think you can dance so you think you dance yeah. the best and world of dance also have been what totally, is world of dance oh my god world of one. dance world, <laughs> <laughs> yeah world of dance is um, is 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 hosted by Jenna Duan Tatum and J Lo is one of the judges and it's just it's the best. I mean it's it's all kind. There's like a kids category and there's Great. like a groups category and there's like it's the it's the best. <laughs> I'll watch any form of dance on television. So it's nice. it's awesome. Good to know. Yeah. Should we and they form, win a million dollars. Should so we form nice. a TV writers dance team? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, yes. yes. And I'm not. Even I would do joking that with you right now. <laughs> I'm not joking at all because, like, for instance, I would never oh, play on our softball team because I don't have the skills for that. And I was have just been waiting for yeah the TV let's, writers because I know a, a couple other female TV writers who are out there who know <laughs> who they are <laughs> and they're look, they we're are. looking to we're looking to tear it up, guys. This That's is amazing. all I want in life. That's it. That yes, <laughs> yes. Break out those tap shoes I used to have. Yes, oh please. God. Oh my god. No, this is like. In. Hip, like hip hop. Yeah, like no, we would be a crew. Pop and lock. We're forming our own crew. Yeah, what specific. it is. Yeah, You're gonna be this crew. is. We're gonna. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna throw down cardboard. Uh, there we're you gonna go. spin. Yeah. Interpretive crunking. Is there yeah, a I, song that I can put on right now on the podcast that would be like the great outro song that would introduce your crew? 
Missy Elliott? Who, oh, you mean like... For our song. For, oh, yeah, oh, God, any, yes. Um, Yeah. Work it, always good. Yeah, work it. Work it. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Thanks. Thank Thank you. you. Like a vulture, see my hips and my tips so chai. See my ass and my lips don't chai. Lost a few pounds in my whips for ya. This the kind of beat that go ba ta ta, ba ta 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 ta. Sex me so good I say blah blah blah. Work it. I need a glass of water. Boy oh boy, it's good to know ya. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive bit wet yet. It's your primitive bit wet yet. If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work, yeah. It's your primitive bit wet yet. It's your primitive bit wet yet. If you a fly gal, get your nails done, get a pedicure, get your hair did. Boy, lift it up, let's make a toaster. Let's get drunk, this gon' bring us closer. Don't I look like a Holly Berry poster? See the Belvedere playing tricks on ya. Girlfriend wanna be like me, never. You won't find a bitch that's even better. I make you hot as Las Vegas weather. Listen up close while I take it backwards. Okay, begins the gal, listen me with your I'm not a prostitute, but I can give you what you want. I love your braids and your mouth full of phones. Love the way my ass go, ba boom ba boom boom Keep your eyes on my ba boom ba boom you think you can handle this, but don't, don't, don't. Take my thumb off and my ass go boom. Cut the lights on so you see what I can do. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive bit wet yet. It's your primitive bit wet yet. If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work yet. It's your primitive bit wet yet. It's your primitive bit wet yet. Boys, boys, all type of boys. Black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese boys. Wine, thai, 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 thai. Black, don't thai, 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 thai. Girls, girls, get that cash. If it's not a five, we're shaking your ass. Ain't no shame, ladies, do your thing. Just make sure you are headed again. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 